Greetings, Planeswalkers, and welcome to another episode of Dies to Removal. We may be talking about burnout in Magic the Gathering this week, but one thing's for certain, my co-host Vince, also known as Pleasant Kenobi on the internet, and I are not burnt out. We're very excited to be here, very excited to talk with all of you. Vince, uh, what have you been up to in Magic this week before we even get started? When you said we're doing burnout, I thought you meant the PlayStation game's burnout. I've been playing burnout all week, Brian. Burnout, I don't even down, know what revenge. game. I don't even know what game that is. What is it's burnout? It's crash cars into each other. Anyway, it's a, it's a bad joke. Um, I've mainly been playing Cube today because Cube launched yesterday, I think. Um, and I will be streaming a lot of Cube next week after this comes out. Uh, because I love Cube because it's pretty much one of my favorite formats and it's so different and fresh compared to other formats as well. So it's helping me to cleanse my palate of all the is it Phoenix nonsense in modern and uh, just switch things up from what I'm normally playing. So I've been cubing like a madman, uh, playing two cubes today. What have you been up to lately, Brian? I have been, and uh, I've been playing a lot of Magic Arena. Um, I'm hooked. Uh, I really love Magic Arena. I still very much like Standard. I like Magic Arena more than I like Standard, but I have been enjoying Magic Arena to the degree that I'm willing to just spend hours on end playing Standard, which is usually not my favorite format. It helps that it is good right now. I think it got a little worse once uh, uh, Ravnica Allegiance entered into the mix for sure. Oh. But um, I've been having fun. Let me ask you this. You've been playing Cube. I've been playing Arena. Can you imagine if they made a Cube for Arena? I know. I know. Right? Like you just said. Oh, I, my I was thinking, God. I, I like I like Arena, but I'm not, I don't mind standard, but it doesn't get me excited. If there was a Cube on Arena, I'd be all over it. Imagine, imagine, imagine this. If they introduced Arena Cube at some point in the future, and to promote it, they decided to launch it at a Mythic Invitational-style tournament, and everyone was playing Cube as, like, the, the main format and things, and drafting each other and playing that limited environment. That would be sick. That's, That's absolutely that amazing. Free, Wizards. All right. I, free. We give them a lot of things for free. Free advertising, <laughs> free ideas, you know, things no, like that. No. But seriously, the thing is, is that they would only have the reason why they can't bring Commander into Arena, the reason why they can't bring Modern into Arena is that they would have to program in so many cards and so many interactions. Sure, sure. But Cube is finite, it is sealed, it is set up. It's like it would be the equivalent of them just adding maybe, I guess, a bit more than just a regular standard set yeah. but not but that much more not that much well. more like, and it would make them so much cubes, money they, yeah those cards would be available potentially within the system for them to then release later down the line in commander style products to allow like that sort of format oh yes down the line as well because the, the work is already done yeah i hope i hope to see cube on arena one day but i also feel like that would potentially from a from a more outside the game perspective be the death nail for modo because uh, uh cube is kind of one of the primary reasons a lot of people <laughs> to log in and, and spend money oh on them, so. vince vince magic arena was already the death knell for modo <laughs> it's dead already do you know how like when a body dies, it sometimes convulses and twitches? That's what's happening Wait, on Magic Online right now. Yeah, but I can't, when you I can't log play in. Legacy on a dead corpse. Right. When you would... no, Legacy is a dead corpse. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! You shut your mouth, Brian. How dare you? Okay, okay. Well, that's what we've been up to this week. What are we what are we talking about uh, uh in terms of burnout, Vince? 
So we're talking today about um, something that we all suffer from from time to time with magic is, well, well the, the, the term burnout. So burnout is when you are struggling to uh, perhaps see why you put as much time and effort as you do into magic, because magic is quite a hardcore hobby. You don't normally play magic occasionally every six to 12 months. You normally play it quite regularly, uh, especially if you're into tournament grinding, etc. So burnout occurs when you play a lot of magic but you don't feel like you're getting out of it what you're putting in, or you feel like you're getting worn down by losing, even though sometimes it's confirmation bias. Sometimes you're not losing as much as you think you are. Right. Um, so burnout is that sort of... Uh, everyone's felt it, right? You, you felt it, Brian, I assume? Of course I felt it. I mean, I took a hiatus from the game at one point. Now, that was also due to the fact I was a kid who grew up and thought that adults don't play magic, but I've certainly felt burnout... Uh, since my return over half a decade ago to the game. And you, I want to touch on, before we even get to our advice for how to deal with burnout, one thing you said, you referred to magic as a hardcore hobby. I not only agree with that, I'd go further to say that I don't even think of Magic the Gathering as a hobby. I think of it as a lifestyle, as yeah, a, a, a pursuit beyond that. Because I might have a hobby in stamp collecting or cycling, but then... You've got friends, right, who they are not just a hobbyist cycler. They That is part of their life is cycling. Yeah, sure. They've got their fixed gear bike oh, or whatever. Their, their identity. They watch the Tour de France. They read, they subscribe to eight cycling magazines. And, and, and that I think magic is more What's on that magazine? level. What's a magazine? Like an e-mag. Yeah. Like an e-mag. Oh, like a website. Yes, like a website. Only like oh, when, you know how sometimes like your mom and dad would hit print on a website and like bring it over to you? Like that. Like like the cheat codes for burnout on the PlayStation 2, Brian. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that that's also one of the reasons why people feel burnt out is that we take a board game like Settlers of Catan or Lords of Waterdeep down off the shelf once a week when we have game night and we don't feel burned out of that. But then with magic, which exists in our day-to-day -day life as though we're living Magic the Gathering, we get to a point where we're feeling burnt out. And that's because it's, it's a, definitely a hardcore hobby or even further than that. So There's an interesting discussion that I guess we won't go to too much today, but around why magic gets like that compared to other games, right? Like, like you get people who are really into Dungeons and & Dragons and Warhammer, but I don't right. know if it has quite the... The communities and the the, the in-depth like uh, uh, people who turn it into part of their lifestyle like magic does it, it part of it's probably the cost of it it's a luxury hobby so people feel like they're invested a lot more maybe it's probably maybe it's the endorphin maybe that... rush of opening boosters who right <laughs> endorphin rush the extreme addiction uh, 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 scratch yeah. and itch set up there yes but when you do experience burnout when you do experience burnout what would you advise someone who is feeling burnt out to maybe look at or assess or consider? I think it very much depends upon like where you are within the magic community and what you do with magic. So pre prior to like being a content creator and trying to be funny on the internet and most of the time failing, I keep, used to try keep and trying, a spike. keep trying. I know, I know. One day you're going to you know get I've got there. A YouTube channel, Brian. Did you know that? I mean, it's, uh, boy, it's look, look at how he went right to it. This is a new record. Well, no, I was saying I was saying it before we're, you said it. Brian, we're we're, okay? we're six minutes in. Six minutes in. It's the longest you've gone. All right. Anyway. Well, I've got nine minutes on my timer, Brian, but whatever. Anyway, anyway, I used to be a bit of a grinder. So I would go to PTQs when they used to be PTQs before they became PPTQs, which then got cut and then we got MCQs. But then there's also CMC. 
Cues. Anyway, whatever the tournaments that are available to you are, I used to go to those, and when I didn't perform very well, I would kick myself, and I would ask myself, what, why am I still playing this game? Why am I putting all this energy and effort into reading these articles, and coming up with these deck lists and tech, and then right. getting there? And sometimes... And in, in weird ways, sometimes the, the, the peaks of when you would top 8 something, or you would get very close to that invitation, or whatever, were, were highs, but they don't always compare or even offset the lows that you get with Magic. So there's that element of grinding, and putting huge amounts of emphasis on your success in terms of results at events. Which, if we look at events, when you've got, what, 20, 30, 40, 50 people going to one of these store events... Only eight of those people can top eight, and only like a handful of those will get the top prizes. So the majority of the room are going to have some sort of negative experience where they lose. And it's whether or not you can cope with losing, I guess, and whether or not that has a, a knock-on effect, a compounding effect to eventually feel like burnout, where you're just sick of losing in many ways. So how do I stop losing? Or or is that really what I should be? Or is that what <laughs> I... I have you considered? Have you considered getting good? Have you considered that's, that's getting a video good game scrub? That's a Get video game good reference, scrub. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, what should I? I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know if that's the answer. I think, like, I guess the, the example is like look at look at people like LSV. Even some of the greatest players in the game still lose due to issues completely out of their control. Look at the the, the Mulligan to top four. So Mulligan to four in the the top uh, no the finals of not the last Pro Tour but the Pro Tour before, which is now called a Mythic Championship. But whatever. Like even even he, who's one of the greatest players of our time or one of the greatest players of Magic of all time, still gets screwed by like uh, bad hands or mana flood and things like that because Magic's got huge amounts of variance in it. So you can't put the onus on getting good. You right. can only put the onus on getting the better. You can control. Right. Yes. It's not about getting good. It's about getting better. And if you are a grinder, I want to touch on one thing that you said where you mentioned that you are losing uh, uh, at GPs all the time, or you added, you feel like you're losing a lot, which is true, which is you might not be losing as much as you think you're losing. If you attend events as a grinder for certain, and even if you're just a Friday night warrior like myself who would go to Friday Night Magic every week without fail for years at a point and maybe mm -hmm. one in-store event as well, if you are one of those types and you are not keeping a journal of your wins and losses, you're making a huge mistake, in my opinion. Uh, what you need to be doing is recording how you did. You need to get a little book or tablet or some means of record keeping, and you should write what deck you were on, what decks you went up against, and whether or not you won, lost, drew, yeah. and then you punch all that stuff into something like Excel, and you might see, oh wow, I felt awful after GP Las Vegas. I felt awful, I I, I totally scrubbed out, I, I, it was a wash, but when I look at the overall chart of the last year, I see I'm getting better and better and better, and I'm climbing up that chart. And so our feelings, right, our feelings are not to be trusted necessarily when it comes to things like data. Uh, you want to actually have the data, or as Vince calls it, data, to be able to back up what reality is or has been. And so that's an important aspect. What happens if you do log all of your wins and losses and see maybe you're not doing so great or you're not improving as much as you would like to that, that that's when you can find ways to um 
you can take an objective stance and say like what am i doing wrong that might be causing this yeah and you can take because i think a part of burnout is that you put the onus a lot on there's, there's two places that it goes on one is the irrational placing on the game so people who aren't willing to look at their own performance and be like oh perhaps it's something that i can change and just moaning about the game and bad luck and bad beats and things but the other side is being unrealistic about how you're performing and that's where the data comes in to help you improve yeah absolutely i, I think yeah, so I, I think looking at ways to improve. So, so for example, one of the things I think a lot of players don't do, and I'm, I'm by the way, I'm not like some godly like I, I I've day two to GP once, and I'm, I'm not like cashing things and doing well myself. But I think I want don't. a game day. Exactly. Yeah, I, I want a game day too. So we're not exactly the spikiest of people, even though one of us tried to be a spike at one point. But, but I think people don't put enough um, emphasis on what they might be doing wrong. So I think Magic players don't sleep enough before tournaments, Mm -hmm. they drink enough water, they eat very badly. I I try to eat quite well when I'm at home, but when I get away to the GPs, I eat trash, just literal trash. And those things have an effect on your performance as well. So sometimes you might look and be like, well, how come I can do so well when playing on Modo or Arena, but the moment I get into like a a GP hall, I'm doing badly. It might be because you're underprepared and you haven't took the time to step back and be like, actually, do you know what? I should probably take my health into better consideration, which is kind of tying in with what we talked about last week with the the bad habits of magic players in some ways. Uh, uh, Definitely. And I also think that it is okay to reframe what success looks like. So if you're starting to feel burned Mm -hmm. out because you're not winning as much as you would like, maybe you need to do a little bit of introspection and set different goals for yourself at these events. Maybe you need to approach them differently. Never mind just making sure that you show up well-rested and well-fed and not hung over to high hell, which certainly couldn't hurt you in terms of your chances of improving. But maybe if you're someone who shows up to a GP to play in the main event and you keep washing out, maybe what you should be doing is start grinding out PTQs instead. Just go for that, switch it up. Maybe even look at something such as, hey, for this next GP, I'm gonna set myself the goal of just getting max value out of side events. And so that's a new goal and I am gonna blaze through uh, whatever it is, Turbo Town or the, the the $100 build a deck from a booster box thing. And my goal is I've got X dollars that I'm going to spread out over the weekend. And I am going to walk out of here with uh, an oversized card. But what I'm also doing is I'm getting a kind of refresh. It's like turning the system on and off again. It's like changing to a different channel for a minute. You're playing different types of games. You might be getting different types of ideas, different types of opponents. And then when you show up to try the main event or to grind out the PTQs next week, you've had a refresh and you're feeling better about it sometimes just going to that that other uh, uh thing to do at the event is going to help if you're showing up to friday night magic said, all the time yeah you said so many things that i needed to, i want to uh, jump onto a few points so so firstly like you know you said about how not going in hungover can help um <laughs> i read recently that some nba uh, players who've had like sleep deprivation unknowingly had sleep disorders when that, those sleep disorders have been sorted out they've scored 27 percent more points sure. per game once they're sleeping eight hours plus a night i sleep believe it's so important and it's something that we myself included we all ignore and don't don't deal with so read up on sleep try and get more than six hours try and get eight hours if you can secondly switching up to side events oh god now, now you mentioned it, it reminds me so main events were bugging me even after i stopped trying to be a spike because i i could not cash i could day two and that was it and then 
when it came to jumping to side events where I'd walk away with like several boxes or I'd trade those boxes in and get some nice foils for my deck and stuff, like switching over to like grinding side events as it were changed how much I enjoyed GPs. I loved GPs before, but now I absolutely love them. They're one of my favourite times of year. So yeah, sometimes you just need to change the tournament you're going to necessarily and perhaps change your expectations. And thirdly, on the expectation side of things, I think our community could work together to change the perception or the or the expectation of tournaments like all we do is uh, gps is talk about are you live for day two or are you live for cash or at least right. the players that are trying to spike them do are you x and two or x and three uh, last year and then once you once you're x4 people are like, oh that's it you're dead you're, you're out but you can still go like what five four and still have a 50 win rate and still walk away going you know what i've learned from this and i've enjoyed myself playing magic because enjoyment in magic should be enjoyment in magic right not necessarily enjoyment in just winning or getting to the cash part of magic so so yeah there's a, there's a whole community shift we could do towards the way we the language we use and the way we talk about results at gps and events and speaking of shifting my next point that i'd like to bring up on how to avoid burnout in magic the gathering is about shifting but it's not going to apply so much to a hardcore grinder aspiring spike such as yourself it's going to be oriented more towards someone like myself maybe a friday night warrior maybe just a straight up casual especially straight up casual but if you're feeling that burnout and you want to know what to do about it change formats Honestly, this is one of the best things you can do. You're showing up every week to Friday Night Magic. Friday Night Magic is standard, and you're feeling burnt out. Get out of standard, if only for a little while. Put a commander deck together. You can just pick up a pre-constructed commander deck for 30 bucks, or any commander playgroup. Everybody who plays commander has got like 10 commander decks and will lend you one and be happy to have you sit around the table. And then once a week for just one month, just take one month where once a week, instead of going to Friday Night Magic, you go over to Fred's house or Judy's house and and whatever, where the playgroup that you found is, and you get a, a commander game in. And that can be such a recharge or throw together mono red burn and legacy or modern and go take in your store's modern or legacy event. Uh, even just switching to mono red burn to sit down at the table, which I say mono red because you can throw it together for so cheap, but being able to sit down at the table with a different format and suddenly go from, you know, uh, 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 mono blue madness in standard and just Esper control after Esper control, and then sit down with mono red and legacy or modern and, and go up against, uh, 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 death and taxes or elves or something like that. And it's, it's such a recharge and maybe you will find a new format that you love. Maybe you'll have new goals. You'll be like, man, I'm going to start selling out of standard, trading all my standard cards for modern cards, up trading, doing all that stuff. That'll reinvigorate you. But just getting into another format is one of the best things I would advise to everyone who can do so. Anyone who's playing magic just for the love of the game, that's starting to feel burnt out, switch formats try pop or try anything and i think like moving over to things like edh or or, or like uh starting to play pop with your mates or just getting the pop with them can help you to reconnect with magic in a different way where you're not trying to grind for those planeswalker points or that that top eight win you can actually go away and be like actually this is what i remember getting to magic before because i enjoyed slinging big spells or making big creatures and commander is very good for that mm -hmm. commander will allow you to reconnect with what you first found so compelling about magic which was probably not the competitive scene because no one comes in as a competitive grinder right you you enter elsewhere and then the the, the competitive side comes later so 100 switching format 
will hopefully not only cleanse your palate of the, the frustrations you might have with the format that you're losing in or bur feeling burnt out from, but also remind you of why you actually enjoy Magic, which a lot of the time isn't necessarily just the winning, it's the actual enjoyment of the game itself. But not just formats as well. We, we can look to uh, shift our focus in terms of how we engage with the game. Kind of like I said about like going from the competitive to the casual. There are other things within Magic. Like uh, I got really into listening to Magic podcasts back when I was feeling my first lot of burnout. And then that sort of got me into caring more about the Vorthos side of Magic. Uh, you know, the, There's a whole narrative to, to, to engage with there. There's like um, content creation. Content creation as well. Like that, that was what I did. I burnt out as a spike, thought I couldn't do any better, and then realized that actually, that's not why I first got into Magic, started to enjoy Commander more, and then started to make silly videos about, like, Mono Red Tron and stuff, and then, well, now I'm on a podcast with this man. So, here we there are. are different ways to engage with Magic that isn't just seeking that next endorphin hit of making that top eight and getting a pat on the back from your mates in the drive home. I there are other ways to engage with magic. I definitely think that, I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, you obviously consume magic content. So while mm -hmm. I, I think maybe that's advice to relate to a friend of yours who doesn't is to say, because we, we take it for granted. I was always very surprised even before I had a YouTube channel uh, that I would talk to other people at my local game store and say, oh, did you hear that on limited resources? And they'd say, what's limited resources? and they just would yeah. not consume any magic content. And I'm not saying you have to go all in, but to say, oh, hey, maybe I'm going to listen to one Magic the Gathering podcast or two in my commute or as I unwind in the evening or as I get breakfast ready in the morning. Maybe I'm going to, like, in the same way that Grandpa used to read the daily newspaper, I'm going to read, you know, these, these uh, articles uh, by the pros once, one a day and begin thinking of things in a new way if... That is something that you already do. I think looking into uh, other formats, as we mentioned, definitely is valid, but not just other formats. Putting something together like a cube, it's not about playing cube. Do you have your own cube? It doesn't have to be a power cube. There's types of cubes you can put together where it's just uh, you're designing the archetypes yeah. that are draftable within that cube. You don't even necessarily have to structure it. You can just go on to Cube Tutor or a similar site and begin just asking yourself questions like, well, what would I want in my cube? I'd want green and blue. What would I want it to look like? I mean, adapt, obviously, it's the best mechanic ever. But uh, uh, what other mechanics would I want in the other color combinations? And how would I want people to be able to draft this and maybe even start collecting those cards to put together? And just having that pursuit where it's like, yeah, on the I'm building an uncommons only cube or a mono blue cube. I've seen some people do mono blue cubes that are really exciting because it's not all countless. You could have a mono blue aggro draft strategy and stuff like that. And that sort of approach where we're looking at the game from a different angle, where we're starting to pursue and enjoy different things about the game, that can really exactly reignite exactly. And, those fires but building that cube as well is a creative output so i mentioned about content creation but it doesn't have to be content that other people consume like the the care and love you put into crafting a draft environment that only maybe your mates are going to play with is still a creative output that might differ very much from tuning a deck to take to an fnm or a ptq or something like that so it does give you a completely different way of engaging with magic and then the cube and the edh deck is not it's not really a tool for winning something. You don't really play cube for prizes most of the time. It's a social tool. So if you and your mates do go to events and grind or go right. to the FNM and are feeling disillusioned, sometimes having a cube or some EDH decks or a battle box or whatever, like right. multiplayer format, a horde deck, whatever, that allows you guys to re-engage with the social aspect, the gathering of Magic the Gathering, the sort of thing you can't get on Arena, 
that might just make you realise why you fell in love with Magic in the first place or why you and your friends enjoy playing it so much because the social aspect is huge. Absolutely huge. I would go so far as to say that anybody that is a part of the Magic hardcore hobby slash lifestyle where this is not just something that randomly happens to you but magic is your day-to-day i would say that even spiky grindy players and even just someone going down to friday night magic to draft i would say every magic player should have their own little homebrew cube that they are putting together and thinking about and i would say that every magic player should have one commander deck uh just in terms of of what you think about, what you put together, and what you keep in your backpack in terms of the commander deck or keep ready to to throw in your backpack in terms of the cube to occasionally get some games in with friends. I think it's it's, it's the equivalent of like, remember to eat uh, a balanced meal that has got fruit, vegetables, meat, things like that, or, a or different play a, a, a balanced play experience. Actually, it sounds silly, but I'm actually being really serious that yeah, I, think I, I can't tell you how many times, I, I mean, I'm a big commander uh, fanatic, but I've gone huge swaths of this game where I haven't gotten in a commander game in, in months. And when I sit down at that table and pull out my commander deck, uh, it is such a recharge for me. When I sit down and I clear an hour to look over my cube and look over what my wants for it are and, and look over how I would love to upgrade it if I you know put on uh, my trade list what I'm looking for, that is so refreshing. And those are things you can do in between grinding out events. And on the reverse, I would say that uh, if you are just Mr. Commander with 10 Commander decks or Miss Cube with your Power Cube and stuff, every now and then... Go in and play a game day. Go in and grab a challenger deck, put 10 bucks into it to upgrade it, and well, they don't call it game day anymore, the store championship, whatever. Or, or just go in and get a Friday Night Magic. Go in and attend a pre-release always if you never do, because that sort of is a recharge. It's a lot of fun. It's and Be casual. Say, be more casual if you're hardcore. Be more hardcore if you're casual is what I'm saying. Also, your friends are more than likely to lend you an EDH deck as well. Of if course. Friends that play Commander, they will be excited to let you play with one of their Commander decks and look at all their pretty foilings and, and silly tech they've got. So people people lend that stuff all the time. Well, that's because most Commander players have 10 Commander decks and even in Standard and Modern, I mean, I've got like six Modern decks. Uh, for a while, I had more than that. Although that is what I would bring up as my next recommendation that you might consider. Say, have you ever thought about selling some of those? Boys? Well, getting rid of some that of those actually that you might be with? a good idea. And I call this next thing either downsizing or focusing. I actually prefer focusing. Downsizing sounds like you're getting rid of. And I like the idea of focusing your Magic the Gathering footprint because we are very obsessive us magic players, and it's very fun to build magic desks, and especially when you get non-rotating formats like Commander or Modern or even Legacy, building deck after deck after deck is a joy unto itself. But it can start to get to a point where you have a bookshelf filled with Commander decks that you never play, and that you never actually play Commander because they're all in pieces or they're all 80% 80% done. Well, this is my newest commander deck. I, of course, don't have the mana base done because the mana base is is the majority of the cost in this deck. So I'm not going to go out and get shock lands for it and fetch lands for it. But here it is, well, all the, the other time, parts. you've got a modern deck you haven't, you haven't shuffled up in like right. 
six months to a year, also sat in a bag somewhere. And they're like, well, maybe sometimes just reallocating your resources might actually bring you more joy out of magic than being like, well, at least I can play Esper Control and that's back to being good and modern again at some point, like I did. Mm. Or I, I once I, I wanted a little break from magic, so I, my friends are all playing X-Wing miniatures. And my wife was like, you cannot buy another load of hobby stuff. You can't do it. You can't, you're going to have stuff that you're not going to use again. And I said to her, look, allow me to sell some magic cards to fund this. And thanks to some trade groups on Facebook and PayPal, like that Sunday morning, I had the cash in my account to be able to go and buy miniatures because I had sold off a lot of staples in modern that I hadn't sleeved up in months. Right. Actual months. Right. So sometimes it's good to get more enjoyment out of those cards. Or sometimes it's lovely to flick through a folder and be like, look at all the staples I've got. That's also enjoyable, right? I think I think there was there was there was someone just uh, uh, tweeting. I think it was. I'm sorry if I'm misattributing this. I think it was uh, 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 Jason Alt was just uh, tweeting that like so many people have bulk binders or bulk just not even binders, just tubs filled with tokens. Some of which are like two buck each rare tokens and 25 cent ones that are on buy list and that if they went through and stuck it all together, they can turn that into a $20 bill just in tokens that are sitting under their mm -hmm. shelf mm -hmm. in a tub and that actually going through and downsizing, you might be able to finally have that super dream modern slash legacy slash commander deck. And another thing is in those formats, having one singular or two singular decks that are your focus when you learn those decks inside and out yes, you might definitely have so much more fun with them modern is a format where even merfolk can win if you know how to pilot it well and so if every week i show up to modern and it's like all right i'm on infect all right i'm on tron all right i'm on merfolk because i own four different modern decks then i'm not good at any of them and i'm not having a good time and i'm feeling burnt out and i focus it all down and i'm going to go all in on I don't know, whatever, hollowed one just to annoy Vince. And then I love this deck and I love playing it and I learn how to play it well and I got rid of all my other decks and focused in on it. I have one deck box, it's on my shelf. I pimped it out in Judge Foils. I'm so proud of it and I so love playing it and I've got this new excitement for the game. Same thing with Commander. I'm just constantly updating my one or two Commander decks instead of having 10 that I never play. And so I'm pursuing it differently and I'm experiencing it with a focus and that might even lead to me winning more me performing better, which goes back to that first point where maybe you were feeling burnt out because you weren't happy with your results. Even commander players can feel like they lose every week at commander and start to feel sad. And so this can affect those things. Downsize that collection. Have a focused one. Don't save every card ever. Save the cards that you're going to play with and use and enjoy. And that can reignite your spark as well. But but of course, if you're a collector, the, please don't take this as like we're saying. That no, 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 no. Like this to is try and get hold of everything, and that's your jam. way of engaging with the game. That's great, of course. But I do think that people need to reallocate their resources sometimes. Like I, for the longest time, had a load of stuff just knocking around that I wasn't playing with, and when I ended up taking it to even just. It's a weird thing. Some people knock taking stuff to vendors at GPs, but sometimes that's the easiest way. I've done the whole buy listing and trading right. groups and stuff, and that's fine, but it takes time. Sometimes just going to a vendor and being like, look, here's a lot of staples. What will you give for me? Can do a little bit of a deal and then walk away with dual lands. I now own stuff to play multiple legacy decks because I've 
I've I've uh, swallowed my pride. Said, you know what? I'm never playing that modern deck again. It's just it's just sat around doing nothing. So reallocate those resources to parts of Magic that you will enjoy more. Whether that be a cube or commander or legacy decks. Absolutely. And again, on that point of, we're, it's not that we're saying everyone should do this. This is advice for people who are feeling burnt out or are trying to prevent their feeling the burnout coming. And these are some tips and tricks that we have found helpful to keep your love of magic strong to reignite that. So. Think of it even some ways like exercise. Maybe you've been running and you're not getting the results you want. Maybe you're, you're trying to lose weight and you've been running every morning and, and you're not getting the results you want. And we say something like, well, have you tried maybe looking at your diet and your intake and things like that? And that's not saying to someone who loves running, well, then we're, we're saying don't run. We're saying try a different thing because maybe you'll get that result. And I guess that's maybe a weird analogy, but the idea is, is yeah, I mean, if you collect and you're having a great time, then congratulations. But if you're sitting around, as I really was, and this is coming from a true place, a couple of years back, I was sitting around and I had my 10 modern decks and my 10 commander decks and 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 five incomplete standard decks and, and all this jank from all these drafts and stuff. I was magic addict lying around and I felt like I never even really got good games in and I focused and I'm still downsizing. But when I went from 10 commander decks to five and from 10 modern decks to, to I think currently I have four uh, and, and I'd even like to take it down to like two because I really enjoy that it's like this is my deck and I'm going to play it till I'm ready to, to, to sell out of it and get into something else. And having that focus really worked well for me. It's something I would advise people to consider for themselves if they are feeling that same way. But at the end of the day, sometimes when you're burned out, these things aren't going to work. And what you have to do is just step back from the game. And that's okay. It can be, and I'm just going to say it right now, take a break from magic. It's okay to go on your own hiatus, even if it's a short hiatus. Sometimes it only has to be short, but it's okay to put the decks down and say, I need to take a week off, a month off, a few months off in order to recharge. Go try a new hobby or try a new game. That might just, I can't tell you how many times I sit down at game night and I'm playing a game that isn't magic and all I can think about is how much better magic is than this game. <laughs> and so if you're feeling burnt out in magic, go off magic for two weeks and play Ticket to Ride and see how much fun you're having then. And you might come back into magic like, oh yeah, let's get out of here, out of Ticket to Ride. Not to knock that game, I actually really like it uh, uh, for what it is, but it's not Magic the Gathering. Take a break, recharge, unplug. And we were talking earlier about content consumption. Maybe you're consuming a little too much, unplug for a bit. You don't have to listen every day in the car. You're listening to a different pod. You got five podcasts, five days a week you're listening to or uh, uh, go coming and going and reading the websites and following the stats, put on some music, put on, you know, some, some, some classical music or some of the rap music and, and, and some, listen exactly, to that, sometimes listen sometimes to them, to them the, bust um, some rhymes and, 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 and bust with them. And, and then you might recharge bust with them what, when you're what, busting rhymes, you, you're not with it. You, you're not hip and with it, but it's called getting, do you think rappers bust rhymes? Rap is rhyme, right? Anyway, it's like, yo, 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 I need to rap. It's something when I'm done, I hope you clap. That's a rap, right? That's that was a piece of crap. <laughs> right. Anyway, it's hard to have a perspective on uh, something when you're so close to it. When you're when you're like nose deep, to use a term, in, in something like magic, for example, or even like a, a metagame or a format, it's very hard to get a perspective on like 
where you're at, your own performance, the bad habits that you might have picked up. Sometimes taking a break from magic in general and then coming back will refresh you so much that you'll see that when you were making mistakes or that you were in bad habits of keeping bad hands or being like, oh, I can't win anyway, so why should I right. Why should I mulligan and things like that. Sometimes those breaks are needed to see the bad habits that you had previously or to look at your stats in an honest way. You compare it to dieting earlier. Sometimes writing down your... Your, your wins and losses in, in modern, for example, to, to then be able to admit that you've got a bad matchup against the deck that you previously said you had a good matchup against, sometimes people won't do that. They're not honest about their stats. So sometimes taking a break and coming back will allow you to look at things like the spreadsheets we mentioned earlier and be like, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? I need to reassess the way I'm approaching said matchup or said format or said metagame, for example. Take one of your judge foils, sell it for a couple hundred dollars and buy yourself a nice bicycle and... Every day, instead of thinking about magic, put on some headphones, listen to whatever relaxes you or brings you joy, or actually take up a new style of entertainment, put it in the headphones, get on that bicycle, like busting rhymes, get on that bicycle. You can't ride a bike, Brian. I can't ride a bike. So what would happen? Are you you serious? You can't ride a bike? Well, learn. Uh, You know, I mean, you, you only have to learn once and then you never forget. But my point being that Take up cycling then and, and go for those rides every day uh, for a few weeks and, and see how that feels. And you know what? Worst case scenario, you find that you enjoy life a lot better without magic, but you're back to enjoying life. You're not required to just be a magic fanatic, but you also might come back to the game very, very soon, feeling very, very refreshed. And maybe now when you return to the game, you also hop on uh, the cycle once a day for an hour and and feel a lot better from it so you'll find some new interests having that diversification of interests and pursuits is important and and don't be afraid to take a break as well because magic is a very solid game that has existed for 25 plus years now will probably exist for hopefully 25 more so it's not like it's going to disappear overnight like things will change and standards will change but sometimes it's a good thing my biggest break from magic in my magic playing lifetime was when i was at college as americans would call it a university here where i didn't have the money to play magic anymore so i just stopped playing for like two to three years sure and i came back and enjoyed magic even more than when i stopped when i when i rediscovered it through commander and with friends that i'm still friends with now thanks to commander so sometimes something we haven't mentioned is that keeping abreast of things like standard for example can be expensive time consuming exhausting so stepping away from that content and stepping away from scrambling to buy these new decks and things like that to then you know, have a break can be very good to save your wallet sometimes as well. But before you do that, before you do go on that break from magic, our final thing that we want to recommend, I think is a really important one. And it may seem like uh, an obvious one, but I think it is is really a great way to get that passion back. And that is simply, and I'm going to be the one who says it because Vince and his sponsor and stuff, he already sold out to Channel Fireball. We all know he's a sellout shill, but I have no investment in Channel Fireball or anything they do. Uh, so I can just go ahead and say, go attend a Magic Fest. Uh, you probably, like the majority of the people watching this, either probably haven't attended a Magic Fest or have only gone once a long time ago. Go to a Magic Fest. Fest and take it in. A Magic Fest is one of the largest, if not the largest, open Magic the Gathering event that anyone can just show up and attend, and they're really pushing, and, you know, we can debate how much they're succeeding at, but they are really pushing, making it something that everyone, from commander players to kids to casuals to spikes and grinders, all have something for there, 
And I just find Magic Fests to be something that reminds me of what I love most about Magic. And yes, it's the gathering. It's that gathering of people and seeing everyone there at that Magic Fest, getting in Magic. People walk around with signs saying, cube, question mark. And you walk up and say, hey, get a cube game going. And they'll be like, yeah, we got a cube game going over here. Bring that commander deck. Just look around at cards for sale. Don't even have to buy anything. Maybe try playing in the main event or just grab a side event. Go down to Turbo Town and jam out some popper or modern games, whatever. There's so much sometimes going there's on. Sometimes things like um, chaos drafts and historic right. seals. Or they usually have at least one of those. Yeah, like like play some Ravnica Historic Sealed if that's available. What is that? Explain GP. that for someone who doesn't know what that is. So, a certain GPs, they will have products available to do Historic Sealed events. So they'll play Ravnica the Historic Sealed, which will be the old Ravnica set. Or sometimes, as they've done in the past, the, the original Ravnica set, that is. Or sometimes, as they've done in the past, they've done it where you get like one of each of the Ravnica sets. So, all six boosters from original Ravnica block, all three of those. Right. And of RTR, Gate Crash, and Dragon's Base. My point is... Those things will allow you to return to a nostalgic time when you might have first started playing or play something you've never played before or open some really cool old expensive cars and stuff. But it's very different to what you might be doing at your local store. Uh, Chaos Draft as well. Chaos Draft is a draft where you get three random packs from throughout Magic's history and then draft it with seven other people who've also got three random packs. So no one really knows what they're doing. It's all a bit crazy and weird, but it's so different and refreshing compared to your normal draft where everyone has read the li uh, listened to limited resources or knows what the first pick is or says something stupid like, why is this still here? Four picks in and that sort of stuff. So those sort of events and things that are on the side of Magic Fests are truly unique. And also not just playing. Like you said, Brian, there's... Uh, I was at Cleveland. Inkling Customs was there, just customizing uh, tokens, yeah. and custom tokens for people. They had uh, they had a stall there for a charity that was helping uh, to raise money to help uh, disillusioned children and people who were you know ill and critically ill and stuff to play like games and things. There was different stuff there other than just playing the main event or a tournament. People just playing casual EDH pods all over the shop at GPLA. So, yeah, Magic Fest is more than just a big tournament. There's all sorts of things going on at these events. And again, this is not an advert. I mean, I, it's not a like a, a sponsored ad for Magic Fest. My sponsor is actually my sponsor, and that's whose channel we're on, is actually a competitor, in a sense, you know, with Channel Fireball. It's not about that. It's about that magic, what Magic Fests are. And they were around as GPs before Channel Fireball was the exclusive provider. But it's I, it's a I magic, mean... it's a magic you know, event that has been an institution and it's an institution for a reason. And if you've never been to one and you're feeling burnt out, uh, 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 make the trip, make the drive, uh, uh, figure out a way to get to one if you can. I know that they're not readily available to everyone everywhere, but do your best mm. and, and see if you can attend. Or if not, maybe just your store is having events. Stores do. Big exactly, events. Exactly. Uh, run the gauntlet at pre-release. Uh, uh, try and do as many pre-release events at your local game store back-to-back -to, -back to just be there amongst the crowd of people. Uh, 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 go in if your, your store is having a chaos draft itself. My store does chaos drafts, and so save up. There are usually a little more expensive because you're opening up old packs, but save up and go in and do that chaos draft, but get to some kind of magic event or magic gathering again, and participate in that. It doesn't have to be that, that. expensive either. You, you could, 
There's, here's some other ideas that are quite a, yeah. lot, a lot cheaper than some of the things you've been suggesting. Hit me. Get friends who have, who are kind of into magic, kind of into nerdy stuff, but not into magic. Invite them to come try and play magic for the first time. Mm. Or, or they've played a little bit casually. Ask them to want to try out some commander because that is a normal thing that gets like casuals really hooked in magic. Um, why don't you join like magic Facebook pages where you can meet people from around your area that might play different formats to what you already do, or they might be going to magic fest that eventually when you've chatted them a little bit, you can meet up with them there and go for food and drinks after the day and right. like that to make it more of a social thing. There are other parts to magic that aren't just going to a particular tournament. There are ways you can socialize with magic being just the connective tissue for that. Or if all else fails, all of those things fails, there's one more thing you can do. Host your own magic event on a small level. Uh, go on Facebook to your store page, say you're having a commander night, a draft night, uh, have everyone chip in 10 bucks, buy a booster box. You're going to do a draft at your house with your own comfortable sodas or beers and chips and pizza or, or, or vegetarian tofu, whatever that you like and wine, you know, whatever makes you comfortable and, and have that event over at your place. I love hosting game nights, especially for Magic players. Uh, it's something I, I, I took a bit of a break from when I moved and I'm looking to set up again. Having people over to play and enjoy Magic is so much fun. And if you can't make it to a Magic Fest and your store doesn't do Chaos Drafts and all those other great suggestions Vince was also talking about doesn't work, you absolutely, if anything, that means there's more of a demand in your area for someone to host a cool little Magic get-together because everybody else in your area can't go to a Magic Fest either if one isn't held by you. Everyone else in your area doesn't have a Chaos Draft to participate in because the, the only local game store in town just isn't the size or scope that puts on those events. So you're going to put on your own. You're going to organize. You're going to say, okay, everybody is going to get two different packs. We're going to sign up for sets. Uh, it doesn't matter for a draft if the packs are old and likely have been searched because you can just go on eBay and find discount packs or something like that. Sorry to both of our sponsors, Channel Fireball and Card Kingdom, but it's it's true. Just freaking go on, on, on eBay and say, all right, we're going to sign up. Who wants to pick up two Lorwyn packs? Who wants to pick up two Alara packs? Uh, whoever's picking up the two Born of the Gods packs, you got to bring everybody beer to make up for the price difference. And it's a funny little thing where we're, and then we're going to come in and we're going to have a chaos draft. Uh, uh, Fallen Empires, I'm telling you, put some Fallen Empires things in there. Do a Fallen Empires draft. There's nothing more fun than a Fallen Empires draft just once in your life. Don't ever do Ice Age. Don't ever do Homelands. But one time, believe it or not, a Fallen Empires draft, actually, it's worth it. It's not misery. It's silly, and you probably don't want to ever do it a second time, but it's worth doing just once. Do an unstable draft. Have everybody go in on a box of unstable and have everybody come over and get some beers or some wine or some soda soda, and, and, and have fun. And so that's the final thing that I would say in preventing burnout. So as the sun sets on the British Empire, because where Vince is, he just, we just had, uh, in case you didn't notice that little transition there, is where we, we had a little uh, uh, interlude with each other that I edit out. Vince mentioned to me, uh-oh, the sun has been setting the whole time that we've been recording. So we might need to do color correction. We'll see. I hope I do a good job on that. I do all the editing. But uh, as the sun sets on the British Empire this eve, so too does the sun set on another episode of Dies to Removal. But hopefully, even though we did advise maybe taking a break from magic as a way to recharge yourself in magic, hopefully the sun does not set forever on your Magic the Gathering experience. And like all things, the sun and your love of magic will one day rise again, but probably not the British Empire. You folks are done. Uh, Vince, if people want to find you, where can they? 
you can find me on youtube.com forward slash pleasant kenobi and twitch.tv forward slash pleasant kenobi uh this coming week i'll be streaming every single day monday to friday i believe playing cube so come hang out and watch me play some cube if you've got some things that you think we've missed in terms of burnout please leave comments below and let us know because i'd like to hear if there's some interesting uh things that you guys have done yourselves to help with your burnout in the past but um, yeah, come hang out and watch me play some Cube. And if you enjoy this content from me, and you're probably already on my YouTube channel, be sure to check out other avenues, such as I have a new exclusive podcast up on the Brew app. So if you've been hearing about this hot new Brew podcast, you're really into podcasts, I have an exclusive podcast that is being hosted there. I'll provide some links in the description as well. And you can hear me do some Tellarian Community College coffee talk over a brew on brew from me to you. And I very much hope... Is it about coffee? The coffee, coffee. I'm, I, I drink coffee and I chat Magic the Gathering. It's a lot of fun. Right. I sit down right. and, and it's much more casual, even less scripted than Dies, where we do have an outline and I just run off the rails talking about whatever's on my mind that particular week. It's on brew and it's exclusive to brew. So if that interests you, know that I'm there. Uh, Vince is doing his streaming all next week and every week. Go check out his channel for that and more. And you have a YouTube channel too, don't you? Yes, yes. Subscribe to me on YouTube.